Hey guys, Lisa here. Just wanted to let you know that I'm on a very short vacation this week, so I didn't get to record a new episode for you. However, I realize how many followers want to hear something weekly, and I'm getting such feedback that you look forward to the show. So I've decided to replay one of the favorite episodes since I started the podcast. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you next time. You're listening to the Tongue Tie Experts Podcast, a weekly program providing information and support for those families impacted by tongue and lip tie and the professionals caring for them. I'm Lisa Palladino, a midwife and a lactation consultant with over 30 years of experience. If you are a parent looking for answers or a professional who is curious to learn more than what you learned in school on this topic, welcome. This podcast is for you. A gentle disclaimer, please do not consider anything discussed on this podcast by myself or any guest of the podcast to be medical advice. The information is provided for educational purposes only and does not take the place of your own medical or lactation provider. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Tongue Tie Experts podcast. This is Lisa Palladino, and in this episode, I will share beginner information about tongue and lip tie, some important definitions, and the signs and symptoms that I look for as a lactation consultant when assessing the cause of breastfeeding challenges. This discussion will be helpful whether you are a provider who cares for parents of infants or infants themselves, or if you are a parent who is curious about tongue and lip tie. So let's start off with TOTS, T-O-T-S, as this is a term that you may not be familiar with, but it's an abbreviation that many tongue-tie professionals use just to make things easier than always saying tongue-tie, lip-tie, oral restriction. So TOTS stands for tethered oral tissues, T-O-T-S, right? So what are tethered oral tissues? Tethered oral tissues are abnormally formed or tight attachments of the frenum in the mouth that prevent functional movement. Wait a minute, what's a frenum, right? So many medical definitions here. A frenum is a band of tissue that attaches the tongue to the bottom of the mouth and the lip to the gum line or the cheek to the gum line. Frenum are normal. Not all frenum are tots. Right? So we have frenum in our mouths, and they're, they're supposed to be there. They play a function. When they become a problem is when they're not allowing function. So we'll get into that. So there are three types of tots that we consider, especially in a breastfeeding baby. There's the lip tie, which can be referred to as a maxillary or mandibular tie, a tongue tie, which is also called a linguinal tie, and a cheek tie, 
which may be called a buckle or buckle tie. Just so you know, if you want to learn about all this and remember them, there's no need to take notes. There's a link in the show notes with all of these terms listed and also a nice checklist for signs and symptoms. So no need to take notes. You can just listen. So what exactly is a lip tie? A lip tie is when the lip frenum is too close to the gum line or too thick or too tight to allow the lip to flange outward or open outward. A tongue tie is when the frenum under the tongue is either too short, too thick, or tight, or attached in a position that holds the tongue too close to the floor of the mouth. And a buckle or buccal tie is pronounced both ways depending on where you live, is when the frenum found in the cheek area causes pulling from the gum to the inside of the cheek, preventing the baby from opening his mouth to a wide gape. Often a lip tie will be noticed easily. Something to keep in mind is that about 90 to 95% of the time, if there is a lip tie, there is also a tongue tie. It's just not as easy to visualize. They're harder to see. And as far as buckle ties, they're not as common and not as recognized. So don't get too hung up on that. The more common is the lip tie and the tongue tie. Now, when we talk about tots, we want to consider function over form or action over appearance. And you'll hear me talk about this many times in this podcast or if you follow me anywhere on social. I drive this point home all the time. Understanding how the mouth functions or moves is much more important than what it looks like. There are many babies who have what looks like a tongue tie but their tongues work just fine for feeding and aren't causing any concerns for the parent. Sometimes those hidden or posterior ties cause more difficulty than the obvious front of the tongue restrictions. Now that I bring up the term posterior tongue tie, a term you may frequently hear on this podcast and in other discussions, it's a good time to chat about tongue tie classifications. For the purposes of this discussion, as this is just an introduction to tongue tie, there's not a lot of worry or concern about the classification systems. I don't want you to think about what type of tongue tie is going on. The classification systems give numbers to the appearance of tongue ties. They don't rate the degree of impaired function. That being said, it's probably helpful for you to know that most medical professionals only learn about the obvious-looking anterior tongue ties. Those are the tongue ties with frenum that attach way in the front of the tongue to the bottom of the mouth. Posterior tongue ties appear less obvious and mostly aren't taught about in medical education. You may be asking why I don't get too hung up on these classifications or even post many pictures of mouths of babies on my social media or allow the posting of 
does this look like a tongue tie in my Facebook groups, which you will see in lots of Facebook groups about tongue tie. Again, it's because the appearance of the tethered oral tissue often doesn't match the function that the infant has with feeding. This is not a diagnosis that should be made based on a picture. It's a functional assessment or diagnosis. What I mean by that is that if we are considering a tongue or lip tie in a breastfeeding infant, we want to look at how is it functionally working. And the first function, the function at this stage of life, is feeding, right? So for an older child, the function of the age of the child will be different. Perhaps it's table food feeding, either solids or liquids, or speech, and always breathing. Stay tuned for more episodes to cover those topics. For now, we're going to deal with the infant stage and breastfeeding or bottle feeding. You may be thinking, but Lisa, if we can't tell by a picture, how can we tell? The best way to assess for tethered oral tissues, lip or tongue tie, is to evaluate the signs and symptoms in the parent in the infant, and in the feeding. That's the way to assess if the frenum is causing functional restrictions. So let's start with the infant. Things to look for, slow weight gain, often a baby who is needing some sort of supplement is a baby who should be evaluated for tongue tie, Sometimes it's fast weight gain, so it's not just that a baby um, has a tongue tie if they're losing weight or is, aren't gaining weight. Sometimes they're gaining fine, and sometimes it's even fast weight gain, but look for slow weight gain. Colic or gas, reflux or spitting up, and explosive bowel movements. Now, those three symptoms can be all associated with the amount of air that a baby with a tongue and lip tie takes in when they're feeding. So the air going in has to come out somewhere or it causes problems along the way. So when it comes out as reflux, when, it come, when it's stuck up high in the GI system, the baby will spit up because there's a lot of air or gas there. Baby who can't handle it or it bunches up in their bellies get colic or gas pain. And a baby who lets it out fine may often have explosive bowel movements or explosive poops. Um, Other symptoms are blisters on the lips, especially the upper lips, um, and also a white coating on the back of the tongue that's often misrepresented or misdiagnosed as thrush. So because that baby can't do a self-cleaning maneuver with their tongue because they can't move the tongue in the right way, the milk coats the tongue. So usually you can see the white coating from where the restriction is on underneath. You see that on top of the tongue towards the back. So not in the very front of the mouth, but from the middle of the tongue or so back, you'll see a slight white coating. Now, symptoms in the parents, painful breastfeeding, 
This could be nipple or breast pain. There may or may not be visible trauma. There could be cracked or bleeding nipples, or it may be a vasospasm or just a pain that happens without any visible um, changes to the breast, besides maybe some blanching. Um, Also misshapen nipples after feeding. They could either be flattened, creased, or lipstick shape. Sometimes there'll be a cut that looks like a almost a circular smile shape um, right on the base of the nipple. Um, parents also, in later breastfeeding, can get more engorgement, where engorgement really should only be in the first few days. If it lasts longer than that, that's a red flag. Um, clogged ducts, frequent mastitis or nipple blebs, all may be signs that there's something in the mouth that's causing the infant to not have a great latch and cause either harm or pain or both for the parent. Um, Going along with the low weight gain or the slow weight gain or even weight loss, the parent can have low milk supply because if if a newborn isn't sufficiently or efficiently removing milk, the milk-making cells get turned off and it becomes a cycle. The less milk that's removed, the less milk the parent will make. Now, I see something that's not really in the literature, but I've discussed this with other lactation consultants as well, is that some parents are blessed with an oversupply which compensates and allows the baby to continue to gain weight and often gain a lot of weight, which might be a compensation of nature. I don't really understand why that would be, but we see it pretty often. The other thing is it may be a perceived oversupply or overactive letdown, which is actually a normal letdown or a normal supply It's just that the infant is having trouble handling it because they can't move their tongue to control the flow. So anytime there's issues with um, possible overactive letdown or oversupply or low milk supply, that's one thing to look at, right? I'm not saying it definitely is a tongue tie, but it's something to... Feeding symptoms. Obviously, difficulty latching. The newborn that does not latch at all, you want to consider tongue or lip tie. If the baby does latch, but it's difficult every time, that would be also an important piece of information. Sometimes the baby will latch, but they bite or chomp on the nipple. Uh, Sometimes they slip on and off the breast. Sometimes there's very noisy nursing, which could be clicking or slurping while they're eating. Um, Other signs of the feeding is a baby who falls asleep quickly when nursing. So you think the baby's really hungry, they latch on, get the nipple in the mouth, and fall asleep. Right. So they've exhausted themselves just with the effort of getting there. They can't figure out what to do because it's hard for them to lift their tongue in order to breastfeed, so they just fall asleep. The other version of that is the baby who seems to nurse all day long. 
nurses for a long time, and then you think they're finished, you put them down, and they wake up a minute or two later or 10 minutes later because they weren't really nursing. They were just suckling on the, on the nipple and not transferring any milk. Um, a baby where you see them sucking, 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 and barely swallowing. So a, a best-case scenario for a baby who's nursing is a suck, 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 swallow pattern or suck, suck, swallow, suck, suck, swallow in the middle of a good feeding. Um, sometimes a baby with tongue tie will have to do 10, 12, 15 sucks before they get enough milk to swallow. And of course, that's going to exhaust them, right? The other thing you want to look at is a baby who's seeming to hold on to the nipple with their lips tucked in. Both the upper or lower lips might be tucked in. And that's where those blisters come from. All signs to look for. But having any of these signs or symptoms doesn't necessarily mean there is definitely a tongue or lip tie or either or both. But having these signs and symptoms warrant an evaluation by a lactation consultant, preferably an IBCLC who has had training above and beyond what she needed to learn to pass the test to become an IBCLC. And an IBCLC is an internationally board certified lactation consultant. It's very important to remember that we do not learn about functional assessment for tongue tie in school. And by we, I mean all different levels of education in the medical profession. So I was a registered nurse. I did not learn about tongue tie. I was a, I got my master's in midwifery. I did not learn about tongue tie, except for maybe one little blurb in a textbook. I barely even learned about lactation, which is a shame in itself, but not enough about lactation management. Um, and even as a lactation consultant, I did not learn what I know now about tongue tie in my training. So I'll take a deeper dive into the role of an IBCLC and the team approach to care that I believe in in future episodes. For now, it's good to realize that the IBCLC is the highest level of professional when it comes to breastfeeding. It may be hard to fathom in the culture that we live in where we elevate physicians as the top-level expert in everything. But unless they have had specialized training, most MDs do not understand the management of breastfeeding as IBCLCs do. When it comes to assessment for tethered oral tissues, lip or tongue tie, if you suspect that what is going on for your baby or your patient or client, refer them to an IBCLC, even if the pediatrician says there isn't a tongue tie. Every breastfeeding family deserves a visit with an IBCLC, not just about tongue tie, but for the support and guidance that this expert brings to the table. It's especially important for a breastfeeding dyad when supplementation for weight loss is prescribed by the pediatrician or the parent is in so much pain that they cannot nurse the baby. So I often have families in my office and they tell me that the baby was losing too much weight and the doctor told them they had to give formula, 
which, you know what? I am not anti-formula. However, if this family wanted to breastfeed and there's not enough breast milk or the breastfeeding isn't working, they shouldn't just be told to give formula without being referred to a specialist that can figure out what's going on and help them with their goals. I like to say we all need to learn to ask why. If breastfeeding isn't working for you or for your client or patients, and the healthcare provider says that it's not a tongue or lip tie, turn the tables on them, ask them, then why do you think that breastfeeding isn't working? And let them explain to you what they are going to do to assist you to meet your feeding goals. I hope this episode has been helpful for you. If you want more information, if you want to learn more, whether you're a parent or a professional, see the show notes below. I have many free offerings and also a parent's course about tongue tie and a professional's guide to tongue tie in the breastfeeding infant. You can find the links to both of those courses and also the free downloads that I mentioned in this discussion today, the signs and symptoms of tongue tie and the handout entitled, What is a Tongue Tie? or What are Tethered Oral Tissues? Thanks so much for joining me today. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.